0: This podcast is a Keep Sweden Tidy Foundation production. Hello, plastic-free oceans.
1: This is the podcast where we are following the progress of transforming the market on plastic products and packaging in Sweden. Ultimately, moving away from taking, making and wasting to a circular plastics economy. My name is Marlin Litt. And my name is Jane Falkstranden. And this is the second season of the podcast Hello Plastic Free Oceans that is all about sharing insights from businesses rethinking plastics. In this episode, we're exploring the reuse of cups and food containers where Evelina Lundqvist met with Anneliese De Jong, project manager and senior researcher at the Swedish Environmental Research Institute, IVL.
0: I'm very excited about this interview. This is such an important topic. Maybe we start by uh, by you summarising very briefly what is the project and what have what have been the intentions now as you're wrapping up the project?
1: Yeah, so um the intentions sort of projects uh, very simply said have been to test uh, and develop a system for takeaway packaging for both food and drinks um for restaurants and cafes and to see if uh, if people are interested in such a system to reduce uh, single use uh, coffee mugs uh, for instance and uh, lunch boxes and um, in the end also to reduce uh, waste Perfect.
0: And and what have been some of the partners in this? Because you've been a lot of partners uh, yeah. all on the research side, but I think also among the restaurants and cafes that have been participating.
1: Yeah, so the project has been funded by Vinova and uh, they uh, often require quite a, an active participation. And uh, luckily, we found many restaurants who were interested um, Restaurant Labat was the, one of the main partners who also took part in the, the design of the communication of the system. And um, this project was mainly focused on university campuses, both in Stockholm, uh, in Södertälje, uh, and in um, Uppsala. And, and so, also uh, a large company, uh, Compass Group, was part of it, who had several of these uh, restaurants in university areas. Uh, and then we had um, stories, which is a, a cafe in the KTH area, and also some some smaller cafes like uh, Coffees, who who runs a coffee um, bar in the um, in the KTH area. So I know that a significant expectation of the
0: project was that choosing reusable food and beverage containers, the boxes and the mugs that you've been using, over. Single-use items would save resources, reduce waste, and reduce littering. So I guess my <laughs> the, the biggest question is, was those expectations met in the project? So w-
1: what happened? Yeah, so the expectations were partly met. <laughs> we had high ambitions and uh, really wanted to, to change the world, so to say. But uh, as, as it is always with these projects, you have to cut down on your amb- ambition quite a bit when you meet reality, which is... Which is um, very interesting for us as researchers and developers, so we we started with designing this system in in itself because it's not only about uh, implementing technical solutions like uh, providing people with these reusable mugs and and boxes, but it's also about providing a digital system for people to register and for people to understand um uh, what uh, what um how they can use this system. Uh, and then I'm talking about end users, but there's also another side of the companies where the staff has to understand how to work with this system, how to manage the giving, giving out boxes or mugs, uh, but also taking in them, how they deal with um, the whole logistical process of washing and cleaning and putting them back. And and all that has, is, 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 has very much to do with organizational change which is also part a big part of this project so mm-hmm. um so in the beginning we sort of lifted one tip of the veil <laughs> and it became bigger and bigger and and everybody learned a lot i guess that's always with these um explorative innovation projects that you mm-hmm. you learn by doing basically and um mm-hmm. the, the only uh, cutback that we had which really affected the project was uh obviously corona
0: <laughs> and mm-hmm.
1: um and that really started basically when we, when we first implemented the first round of the, of the system. Mm. So it was, we basically had two rounds, one in the spring and one in the fall of 2020. Uh, so in, in March, exactly when the, the, the first corona wave hit us, is, is when we opened the system for people to use. And that's exactly the point mm. when the cafes and restaurants started closing uh, or, mm-hmm. or changing their services from... From, uh, from other types where people wouldn't come in in the restaurant. Um, mm. And then you could argue that, well, there's a lot of takeaway at that point. But you have to understand that these restaurants and cafes were mainly based at university campuses. And that's norm- not normally where people go if they're not in the university or uh, at work uh, at the university. So, mm. so that, was, um, that was a huge problem. Mm. how did you
0: how did you adjust then what what did you need to do in order to work with the new
1: the new scenario yeah so we 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 didn't have so much um uh to do with with the normal uh, business of these companies so we didn't want to interfere and tell Mm. them what to do so it was basically up to them to say like well we can we can still use these boxes and and mugs or or not and mm. um and some companies really continued and and did their best to also sell it in to end customers, but mm. some simply had to close down or mm. or to change to to other types of services such as uh, serving school food uh, and there it's obviously not not possible to to have such a system mm. effectively uh, running and mm. um, so we really tried to. To gather as much data as we could, and then in the fall when we hoped that everything would start up again, mm. it it didn't really uh, work that well either. Uh, so we extended our measure measuring time with one month t- until December, mm. uh, at least to try to get a lot of user experiences of that last um, uh, trial. So basically, that's mm. what we did, and uh, we we did manage to gather a lot of data, even though the acceptance or Let's say the uh, sales numbers were, were much, much lower than we wanted them to be, obviously. Mm. Yeah.
0: So for, for the restaurants that had the possibility to remain open and, and that really also tried to sell this to the, to the customers, what were some of the reactions of the customers? And I'm also super curious about the staff side. Yeah. What were kind of hurdles in that respect?
1: Yes, so both sides were very enthusiastic throughout the project. So I I was very happy to see that all the part, most most of the partners, apart from one who really had to shut down the entire restaurant, but um, they stayed in the project and they continued to give us the data and the and their feedback. Um, and and so they really tried their best to to see this through, basically to sort of wait it out almost. And. I think what we also got from the end customers is that they were waiting for this to happen. It was really like a pull from the market, you could say. Mm. They 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 wanted this change. They they actually went to the restaurants where they they were they could make use of this system, and they were very much into it and trying new things uh, in very many different ways. So this was only one of them to make that change and to to work for the environment and to, um, to, yeah, to make a change basically. So mm-hmm. people were very enthusiastic and the only hurdle, I guess, was um, starting up the system both for customers and for the organizations, <coughs> the restaurants. Since there's some, some administrative stuff to be done uh, and this, this learning time for staff in the restaurants is also time consuming and you can understand if it's lunch and rush hour there's not much time to sell in this system to a customer uh, who then has to at that point has to download an app which takes a bit of time um, and also that you have to bring these lunch boxes at some point back to the restaurants Mm -hmm. where there also has to be a system for receiving them but still I I guess the staff after some in-learning time got used to it and uh, and really felt that the, these were first thresholds which you have in every new system. Uh, but once you get over it, uh, everything worked um, as they wanted it to work. And uh, mm. the same goes for the customers.
0: Mm. Well, that's very encouraging to hear.
1: Hi, my name is Lisa Posner Frissel. I'm working with communication here at the Keep Sweden Tidy Foundation. You're listening to Hello Plastic Free Oceans. Through the Swedish Ocean Alliance, we're encouraging and educating Swedish companies, public institutions and other organizations to help protect our oceans from plastic pollution. Protecting the oceans from plastic pollution is essential because we want the next generation to experience the water in the same way as we did. Join the Ocean Alliance on our website, hsr.se slash oceanalliance or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Ocean Alliance. Back to the show. So if you could I
0: know you've had probably a lot of learnings throughout the project but if you could pick like the three most most significant learnings from the whole project period what what would those three be?
1: Yeah, I guess the most important learning, which we also discussed with the company who provided this digital system, is that it had to be easier for people to, to first sign up for the system. And uh, on the, on, during the project time, they actually made it possible for you to pay directly with a um, bank card, like a bit similar to, um, to the public transport uh, SL, where you just mm-hmm. leap your um, uh, payment card on the entrance um, mm. gate. Uh, so here you could also do that. So you didn't have to download an app or so, and that really t- took away the first threshold. So that was a ve- very good learning for for all of us mm-hmm. during the project, and then also that the companies they uh, had to get used to the business model that was mm-hmm. connected to this digital system and and well what what you would pay uh, for the boxes and the coffee mugs as a customer, but also how the organization the Companies should invest in, in the system. All these things are, were under development and they had to sort of develop also a, a sense or rationality in wanting to, to, on the other hand, have an economic incentive for companies to join this system mm-hmm. and to, to sell more of these boxes. And on the other hand, you want to reduce basically everything, all the products, products that you are using in everyday life there's a balance there that you have to find to, to tackle both these economic incentives for companies and on the other hand, this um, wish to uh, basically cut down on, on sales of, of anything mm-hmm. related to products, so to say. Mm-hmm. So that is an, an important learning as well. And for mm-hmm. us as researchers, uh, we really f- we felt that we learned so much about how this process would go and how we would do it next time, uh, including how we would run communication uh, to, to the partners, to the customers, how how the whole system, how it's, it's very new and where we could learn actually from, from you guys at very and also how to run information mm. campaigns and, and make people understand the system like in, in a blink, basically, because it's a lot of information that you have to transfer uh, mm. about the new system at a time that people just want to buy lunch, basically. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. It has to be super fast, yeah, super easy. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And did you, ha-
0: did you have any learnings or any impacts that you uh, observed when it
1: comes to littering? No, well, we, we didn't run any evaluation on how much um, tr- trash or how much re- reduction of, um, of littering there was in the university campus area. So I can't say so, unfortunately, anything about yes. that. Um, but we have sort of concluded that these lunch boxes were used more than once and the mugs, uh, well twice as, as as much so it it must have reduced at least <laughs> the single use uh, cups mm. by half but we don't know usually people throw them away in um, in the the trash boxes so it doesn't have mm. to be littering as so as, mm. as such so there's, there's no conclusion about that. That would be a new project. <laughs> that <be> yeah, as <laughs> well. very much looking forward to that. <laughs> a follow-up. Yeah, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're wrapping up the
0: project currently. Um, What would you say remains after the project? Will there
1: be anything that continues in some form? Well, we actually wrapped up the project uh, already. So that was in March 2021 when we sort of closed off and we wrote this report, I think, uh, or published it in May or June um, this year. But now we actually have managed to start up uh, a follow-up project which is um, a policy lab project where we want to include um, in the whole value chain. So the companies, uh, not only the restaurants, but also companies de- developing these digital systems for for takeaway or reusable boxes and mugs. Uh, and uh, we also want to include authorities who are very interested in, the, in, in understanding what uh, incentives you could create or Maybe also regulations or policy measures that would help the whole value chain uh, nationally also to to develop Mm. such a system. Because as you know, maybe there's a new uh, legislation where uh, there's also demands for reusable systems and reusable packaging that have to Mm. be met in 2024. So we really want to explore how this type of system could be uh, scaled up in in Sweden in a good way. Um, and then we also want to involve the end users, so the customers of these systems, to see mm-hmm. what what is yeah what is needed to make this happen. And uh, uh, in terms of user experience, how how could we improve on, on on the on the systems that we have, or should we develop a new entirely central system so that people don't have to walk around with several mugs <laughs> or oh, several mm-hmm. systems? Yeah, exactly. But they have to, yeah, give back at several stations, let would say. So that's um, that's a, that's also a challenge, which which has to be mm-hmm. addressed. Uh, so we will run a project for about six months now, the coming fall, to see if we can, yeah, set some um, basic conditions for for developing such a such a more national oriented system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is so Thanks. important.
0: So maybe uh, if we go back and talk about the actual food and beverage containers that you that you used in the project, what, what were some of the properties um, that you were looking for in these particular products? And with properties, you mean um uh, perhaps uh, i know that you I, I saw some reasoning regarding material composition or the manufacturing process that you chose to some some of them were manufactured in sweden some in germany like what what were you looking for quality wise when you were okay. when you picked these particular boxes and mugs
1: we were a bit um let's say um offered uh, s- specific solutions by one of the partners who uh, who had these uh, plastic boxes uh, but we were also looking for something that was durable, uh, mm-hmm. and, but also <clears throat> usable in many different contexts. And when you think of metal boxes, um, most of them can't be used in the microwave. And especially if you, if you have lunch in these boxes, it would be nice that you can use them yeah, for heating up the, uh, food as well. Mm. So we had that as a consideration. Uh, how it can mm. be used at home uh, or in the restaurants, but also uh, weight was was an important issue. If people have mm. to take this away, then if you take glass containers, it might might be an obstacle for people to to take it with them, since it's mainly too heavy. Uh, if it also contains uh, like a lot of food, so mm. then plastics was actually a very sensible choice uh, since it's very durable um, since most of the plastics, well all of the plastics that we used in this project at least, is 100% recyclable. Mm. So if uh, the the, the companies that in the end would get back the boxes and the mugs that were not usable anymore uh, they would have a system for properly uh, recycling it or bringing it to recyclers then Mm. um, there would be no waste. It would be entirely recycled, not to lunchboxes again, but to other types of products uh, with uh, lower demands. Uh, but, mm. but still, um, it, um, it, it, it turned out to be the best solution. And we also knew that this was difficult for end customers, and even for companies to, to relate to, since plastic is a bit debated and uh, mm. has maybe a bad reputation. But that has mainly to do with single-use plastics and plastics that is littering the the environment, as mm. you know. So we that was a part of our communication that we really pushed on to sort of make clear to, to everybody related in 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 these systems to, to understand why we chose plastics and mm. how how that can also be a, a good choice. Mm. Um, but that was a challenge as well, we could say.
0: Mm. Mm, That's interesting.
1: So drawing from all the conclusions, all the
0: experiences that you've made now through throughout the project period, uh, what would be your advice to other cafes, restaurants, maybe even food distribution partners, other stakeholders that are interested in exploring reusable food and beverage containers? What would be your advice to them?
1: Yeah, well, who am I to give advice to these people who have all the knowledge themselves? But uh, um, if I reason from the project, we could say that mm-hmm. for, for the companies that were involved in our study, they were really interested to learn more about this system. So, so probably mm-hmm. I would say go talk to other <laughs> related companies who have maybe similar goals and similar conditions uh, mm-hmm. because, because, well, th- there are some... Uh, opportunities here but but also maybe challenges that that have to be um met and and i guess mm. it's, it's good to think all those things through like how where do i store these boxes how do mm. i do i hire a service for cleaning or can do it can i do it myself and how how do i work with um with the business models all, all those kind of things are very interesting to to really make a, a proper analysis before just you know throwing throwing yourself in (laughs) so that Mm. you have a a high chance of um, success and and not having to change halfway to another system which is probably not Mm. not very um, advisable (laughs) Mm. but go for it i would say (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's the way to go people want this The, the, the market is asking for it Awesome. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Thank you so much. Mm
0: -hmm. Is there anything uh, else that you would like to add, something that we forgot, something that is important for you to
1: say? Uh, No, I I just wrote something down myself. Think more into the value chain. Uh, Mm. So not sort of taking the perspective of one actor in this whole value chain of of providing the service of takeaway, food and drinks. But um, Mm. yeah, really going through all the different perspectives and needs and wants so that you get the right sort of approach for for mm. making this uh, making this more available in in different parts of Sweden so not only maybe cities but also in in, in the more rural parts uh, mm. so so for me that's really important also in the ne- next project to to think about those different um, yeah different mm. um, challenges that that exist in the value chain yeah mm? an opportunity
0: super important thank you so much for joining us today thank you
1: this episode was one of many interviews made by evelina lundqvist in her work on our first ever white paper where we say hello to business that are rethinking plastics this time she met with andalisa the young project manager and senior researcher at the Swedish Environmental Research Institute, IVL. Check out the links in our show notes to learn even more about IVL and feel free to send us any questions or comments to oceanalliance at hsr.se. Also, make sure to follow Håll on LinkedIn. More news and podcast episodes related to the Ocean Alliance is coming. You can find the link in our show notes.